Welcome. You've tuned in to Living the Miracle with hosts Michael and Raphael Tamura. You are meant to live a joy-filled life, and you most certainly can. In this program, you will learn simple yet powerful psychic tools to help you fulfill your soul's purpose in this world. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Tamura and Raphael Tamura. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. I'm Raphael. And I'm Michael. The purpose for our show is to awaken souls, develop intuition, and fulfill purpose. Today, we have an unusual topic to explore and discuss with you, sibling rivalry and your spiritual growth. What does sibling rivalry have to do with your spiritual growth? Well, let's start with what sibling rivalry actually is. Pretty much any parent who has had more than one child has experienced sibling rivalry, at least on occasion. Most likely, anyone who grew up in a family with siblings has encountered some degree of sibling rivalry along the way. The most basic definition of sibling rivalry is simply competition between brothers and sisters. It generally doesn't matter if the siblings are biologically related. It's the competition that erupts between two or more people who are related as siblings at whatever age. There are ample examples of sibling rivalry between toddlers as well as between adult brothers and sisters. Two little kids playing happily together one moment can explode into an all-out war a second later, just as much as a group of adult siblings enjoy a ski trip together then end up in a nasty courtroom battle over who gets what for their inheritance. Although sibling rivalry can take many different forms of competition, one of the underlying bases for that competition seems to be that of, drumroll please, jealousy. A common scenario of the feud is that of siblings vying for the attention of the parent. Even a small degree of animosity between siblings is at least disruptive to not only the relationship between them, but it also disrupts the whole family relationship and beyond. When the competition becomes a regular part of the sibling's relationship, it becomes destructive for anyone who happens to be around those siblings, especially when those siblings are together. You have experienced sibling rivalry, even if your current incarnation, you might have been an only child in your family or you have enjoyed only the most loving relationships with your brothers and sisters. Sometimes during your many previous incarnations, you've had to deal with sibling rivalry, most likely in numerous lifetimes. Learning the lesson offered by the experience of sibling rivalry somewhere along your soul development over many, many lifetimes is an important part of your overall spiritual growth. Furthermore, in any lifetime, you probably encounter the kind of competition normally associated with sibling rivalry in relationship to those souls who don't happen to be your siblings this time around. For example, you might see two co-workers at your workplace acting out a kind of sibling rivalry in relation to their boss, even if they aren't related family-wise. Sometimes they are, though. (laughs) So looking at this type of competition, regardless of whether it is with an actual sibling of yours, 
becomes most important for you to progress on your spiritual path. Learning to free yourself from being hostage to any kind of competition is all important to your spiritual development. In truth, being in competition is the surefire way to not grow spiritually. Competition stunts your spiritual growth. How does being in competition become destructive to your spiritual growth? When you are in competition, you turn away from the spirit that you are. Rather than being more of the limitless spirit that you are, getting into competition makes you more of a separate body. No matter who or what you might believe you are competing against, the moment you get into competition, you compete against your true self. That means you separate more from your true self. What gets you into competition in the first place? It's quite simple. The moment you decide or believe that you are not enough in any way, just as you are, you put yourself into competing against your true self. When you believe that you are lacking in any way, just the way you already are, you put yourself in competition with the truth of your beingness. Simply put, competition puts you against yourself. Whenever you try to be more, better, or in any way different than the way you are, you put yourself in competition with yourself. That is also the real origin of sibling rivalry. When children or adults experience that they are not enough in some way, They will seek approval from others in an attempt to fill that void. And we all know intuitively that we cannot continue to be without love, for life without loving is unbearable. Unless we learn the lesson of competition, we come desperate to fill that seeming void in ourselves. The greater the desperation, the more aggressive the various forms of competition becomes, such as jealousy, greed, lust, guilt, grief, blame, and so on. Competition is the vain attempt by our ego to fill a perceived lack in our existence. In the larger context of your spiritual life here on earth, every soul is your sibling. So you are faced with sibling rivalry whenever you experience any degree of competition on any level with anyone. For example, if you envy your colleague at work that just got promoted over you even though you have been working there longer, you are in competition. If you get pangs of jealousy because someone starts flirting with your partner, that's competition. If you find yourself kicking yourself because you should have scored higher on a test even though you passed it, you are in competition with yourself. If you're upset that someone disrespected you, you're in competition as well. Remember, competition arises whenever you believe that you are lacking something, anything, just as you already are. You might feel you are not good enough, strong enough, capable enough, attractive enough, fast enough, slow enough, no, fast enough, just kidding, smart enough, even spiritual or psychic enough, then you are in competition with yourself. And whenever you are in competition with someone else, you are first in competition with yourself. After all, if you knew with certainty that you were complete and fine just as you already are, you wouldn't have any need to get into competition with anyone else for any reason. Yes, everyone except a fully enlightened master is in competition in some way, so we all have a lot to learn from any experience of rivalry 
with any other soul. Now at times you may become aware that you are jealous about something or that you are wanting to be as good as or better than someone else at something. At other times you may not feel that way towards others, but you may become aware that others are in ferocious competition with you. When someone is in competition with you, if you have any reaction to that, there is a smaller part of you that is normally unconsciously in competition as well. So either way, you can learn from that experience. Well, what is it that you need to learn from any kind of experience of competition? Whether you're experiencing you being in competition with another or you're experiencing others being in competition with you. Well, the main reason, the main lesson we each need to learn to progress in our spiritual growth is to relinquish our competition. Here, give it up. <laughs> Once again, as Raphael mentioned earlier, all competition arises from within each of us, from a sense or belief that we are somehow lacking just as we are. When we believe that's true, we begin to try to fill that lack in some way. For example, if you feel that you're not good enough, you might endeavor in your life to constantly be better. Depending on what you're going through in life at the moment, how you have to be better than who, what, or how you think you are would be different. If you're struggling at work, and you notice that your coworkers are faring so much better than you, you might decide that you have to do things at least as well as they're doing them. If you're afraid that you're losing the affections of your romantic partner to others, who you believe are much more attractive than you are, you might try hard to make yourself more attractive. Depending on the interests of your partner, that may be more on a superficial level of your physical appearance or your financial status, or it may be more about being smarter or more capable in some area. Ah, what happens when you experience that someone else is so much better than you in multiple areas? <laughs> you think they're better looking, more physically fit, way more educated, more socially adept, kinder, and more successful all around. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> You're a lot worse than you thought. <laughs> yes, that's definitely a type of sibling rivalry, isn't it? Even if you aren't from the same biological or adopted family. How many siblings have experienced the invalidation and competition of never being able to live up to their sibling who was the pride of the parents? What about siblings of another child who was chronically uh, ill and had a congenital disability, who they got, felt they got all the parents' love and attention while they themselves got very little of that? Yes, the lessons of sub sibling rivalry can come in a whole variety of forms. Yet, the underlying lesson is always the same to free ourselves from the clutches of competition in any form, first with others and ultimately with ourselves. The first step in learning our lessons of sibling rivalry is to understand what competition really is 
and to recognize that we are in competition on various levels. To free yourself from being in competition, know that all competition comes from you being in competition against yourself. That means whoever you find yourself being in competition against, the competition is not ultimately about the other person. It's about you. <laughs> also, know that when you are in competition, you're striving to go beat the one you are competing against. So anytime you're in competition with anyone, you are beating yourself. How can you win when you're beating yourself to do that? Competition not only doesn't ultimately pay, but it also defeats you and stunts your spiritual growth. In the world of entertainment and performance, competition is the end all. And the world seems to prove it by not only paying the really big bucks to those who come out on top of the competition mountain, but also by showering them with adoration and awards. As a caution, there's a profound question that Jesus asked. For what will it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? When you look at the truth of competition, you're looking at the fundamental choice of what's most important to you, your spiritual growth and enlightenment or worldly success and gains. Now, that doesn't mean that if you choose to dedicate your life to fulfilling your soul purpose by progressing on your spiritual path, you can also succeed and prosper in your life. Remember, life or spirit is all-inclusive, never either or. What's important is to be clear in your mind that you are on your spiritual path and that your life in this world is the school in which you're given the opportunity to learn all of your lessons, pass your tests, and demonstrate and share your learning with others. You learn your various lessons, some by succeeding in something, whereas others by failing. You pass certain tests by persisting through thick and thin, whereas you pass others by surrendering and letting the chips fall where they may. But underlying each of these lessons, the lesson is to master competition rather than remaining a hostage to it. To free yourself completely from all competition, you have certainty in your true self as spirit, limitless, eternal, immortal, all-giving, all-loving, all-creative, eternally at peace and joyous. When you do, you will have no desire or need to compete with yourself or anyone else about anything. In the world, you would be able to fully participate in any endeavor you choose to without any competition, even in a most competitive arena. I've experienced competition in a variety of ways throughout most of my life. One of the things I learned about competition is that everyone gets into competition in different ways. It's just as much competition for a person to be the best in something as it is for another person to be the worst. 
like Raphael was saying earlier, you know, you got to be faster. No, maybe you got to be slower. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to be the slowest? And in races and stuff, that's not usually the winner is, is not the slowest person, but a person can actually be in total competition to become the slowest. And I've seen some people compete to be the nicest people. They got to be nice. It's, it's, you know, it's not that uh, they aren't nice to start with, but if they're in competition, they have to be nicer. They have to be the nicest while others actually competed to be the most obnoxious. <laughs> uh, I'm sure many of you know some people like that. They're very good at it. <laughs> they practice it. It all depends on what each soul learns that it takes to win. In some circles, only the biggest bad guys are respected. In other circles, only the nicest and kindest people are sought out. In one arena, only those with the most credentials need apply. While in another, only those who have failed in everything can reap any benefits. It's said that St. Jude is the saint, uh, patron saint for the lost causes. I think I've always felt an affinity for St. Jude. <laughs> I've seen people who were in competition to be the most hopeless cases, as well as those who were in competition to be considered the most successful. It's interesting to note that in this divided world made up of polar opposites, so much of the so-called advanced cultures today seem to worship that which is more separate from everyone and everything else rather than hold the experience of sameness in high regard. We're coming up upon our first break, and we wanted to let you know that you can still sign up for Michael's Zoom class tomorrow. Zoom, Zoom. Yes, having neutrality, transforming your ego reactions into creative spiritual responses, which he'll give in English with immediate translation into German. So this is mostly for a German audience, but anyone can attend. Um, especially for his German-speaking students. It'll be given at 1900 to 2200 Ur European time or 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. U.S. Pacific time, Thursday, January 20th. That's tomorrow. This Zoom class is part of this ongoing series in English and German on living your psychic soul life, daily tools and practices. For all the details in German and to sign up, go to the following website, imlicht.ch, that's I-M-L-I-C-H-T dot C-H, for the write-up in English and the direct link to the class information in German on the imlicht website. You can go to, or you can go to michaeltamura.com, January events calendar, it's also on there. We will return in just a couple of minutes to continue with Sibling Rivalry and Your Spiritual Growth. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. If you love living the miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora, you'll love their teleclasses, seminars, and retreats. Check out their upcoming events at MichaelTamora.com. 
forward slash events. The best book ever. Transformational, incredible information. One of the best books I've ever read. Inspirational, a must read for anyone interested in accomplishing their purpose. That's what readers around the world are saying about You Are the Answer. The award-winning book by Michael J. Tomorrow, beloved spiritual teacher and clairvoyant visionary. Order your copy now at Amazon.com. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. Find out more about everything that they offer at MichaelTamura.com. And be sure to sign up for their free monthly newsletter. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Welcome back, everyone. We've been exploring where sibling rivalry comes from, how any kind of rivalry affects your spiritual growth, and what you can learn from it so you won't let it stunt your development. Let us continue with that. Uh, I could be a stunt double. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Well, before the, before the break, I was right before the break, I was talking about, you know, competition can go either way. A lot of times in this very competitive world of, of sports competition and winning contests and things like that, we think the better, the better, <laughs> you know, you're competing to be the best and competing to be the fastest and the competing to be the most beautiful and all that kind of stuff. But when it really comes down to it, competition can go either way. So I was mentioning that, you know, I have personally experienced people who are, who were competing, a lot of people who are competing to be better or best or, you know, most or whatever like that on the positive end. But I've also experienced a lot of people competing to be the worst, you know, the baddest, the, the, the worst, the, the failure, the uh, incompetent, the laziest, you know, the least on time. <laughs> Make sure you're not on time kind of a thing. Uh, it's a lot of that is dictated by this inner competition with yourself. Well, there's an enormous competition in the world to stand out alone. In fact, I heard that a common question at various interviews for highly sought out positions is some form of what makes you different from everyone else? That insinuates that whoever is asking isn't interested in you unless you are in great competition with everyone else. The internet is replete with all manners of lists praising the top five, the top 10, the 25 best, the 100 all-time greatest, or simply the best of the best. <laughs> it seems 
in the world of commerce and, and finance especially, if you don't compete and come out on top, you die. Yet, in your spiritual development and on your path to ultimate awakening and freedom, it's a steady process of getting yourself untangled from the shackles of competition. Just like in teamwork of any kind, being a competitive lone wolf doesn't lead to ultimate success. It's the more each unique person and talent on the team can cooperate with everyone else that the whole team reaches its destination or fulfills its destiny. Trying to be better or more or different in any way than who you think you are stops you from being aware of who you are and therefore growing spiritually. Only when you can fully allow yourself to be as you are in truth can you know yourself and live your life as yourself. I've learned that lesson in so many ways throughout my life. During my school days as an athlete, I learned that the harder I tried to be better, the worse I performed. (laughs) The more I was being myself, the more successful I was in playing whatever position or part that I played on the team. I noticed the same thing in playing music, classical or rock and roll. Later in life, I also noticed time and again that it was whenever I was being myself more that I thoroughly enjoyed doing whatever it was I was doing. I learned that my enjoyment wasn't based on what I was doing. It was due to how much I was being myself doing it. Ultimately, I realized that I couldn't be happy when I was trying to be someone or something or somehow different than who and what and how I really was. Another lesson that I learned out of those experiences was that often when I thought I was being myself, I was far from being my true self. I also noticed that most people believe that they are being themselves all the time when they are trying very hard to not be who they think they are. We each learn early on in our lives who, what, and how we have to be in relationship to others in order to survive in this world. Or for some of you, even just to survive in the family you were born to. <laughs> Yet, who we make ourselves into is from competition and we become less of who we truly are. It's when we gain certainty in ourselves as spirit that we allow ourselves to relax into being as we are. In competition, we all too often decide that we are what we do, how well we do it, and how others treat us, rather than knowing who we are. I'm sure St. Jude can teach us that we're We're only lost causes because we don't know who we already are in truth and in spirit. St. Jude is the patron saint of lost causes only because he knows all too well 
that there are no such souls who are lost causes. They only believe they are due to their history or because of what others believe about them. Remember, you are who you are regardless of what your report card, your CV, or your drill sergeant says says about you. Be happy with yourself as you already are and discover who you are in truth. You'll be amazed. Indeed, you will. Well, one of the things that I'm sure is coming up in your mind is, well, what about sports? You know, the whole sports world is based on competition. But in that arena, you have to be aware that this is agreed upon competition. This is this is what the souls of those football players are wanting to learn about uh, is competition. But the other thing is teamwork. So for the most part, most sports are involved with at least more than one player and playing against another player. So, and of course, there's the idea of good sportsmanship. When one team loses, the other team, uh, both teams will still shake hands and be friends, so to speak. Yeah, and afterwards, you know, especially if, if a player or a team loses a major, major, you know, the World Series, Super Bowl, Olympics, or whatever like that, that they they were working so hard to try to get to the top of, they have to deal with it afterwards. Indeed. Yeah, you know, it's, it's it could be feeling absolutely awful. But what makes you feel so awful is all the competition and and trying so hard to be this thing. And quote, failing. And so afterwards, the even the loser, it, actually, especially the losing person or the team, has to go through this whole process of getting themselves out of competition and being able to love themselves, to get out of the competition, to accept themselves and love themselves, regardless of whether they lost or won. Exactly. And, you know, the interesting thing about sports is nobody wins everything ever. And if someone does, it's a very uh, strong rarity because part of the soul's lesson is to be able to, uh, quote unquote, not be the winner, if you will. Well, one of the things I wanted to share, too, was that, um, of course, I grew up in in a big family, and I've talked about that many times. And, um, you know, one of the interesting experiments that some families will do is in order to prepare their children for the quote-unquote real world, they'll put their children in competition with each other. Mm. And if you're such a parent doing that, um, having experienced something like this, I would say don't do this. <laughs> don't do this because it doesn't prepare the children for what's what's to come in the outer world. In fact, going to school does. Um, what it does, in fact, is destroy the relationships between their children and, and they're damaged all the way until their children are old people themselves, unless they're more advanced souls and they can work on themselves and, and forgive their parents and forgive their siblings for being in that behavior with them. So this is, you know, the rivalry sometimes is instigated by parents, but sometimes it's instigated simply by karma, where a a couple of children or maybe more than two um, have 
are working out a scenario with each other because they didn't resolve it together in another lifetime. And it's almost always that. Mm -hmm. If the parents are loving parents and they're not putting their children in competition with each other, yet they're still in a lot of rivalry, whether it's for the parents' attention or to be the better student or whatnot, to have more attention, if you will, from the parents, a lot of times, or from the teachers or whatnot, you know, it can be even from outside sources. But a lot of times those scenarios come in from other lifetimes. And if the parents are wise and aware, they will work with those children on how to work out their rivalry rather than uh, encouraging it. Yes, and that's absolutely uh, a major part of this. You know, a lot of times uh, people might think in terms of, is it nature or nurture (laughs) that Mm -hmm. made things this way? Well, what a lot of times people don't realize is part of that nature part is, oh, what did you bring in with you as a soul from your prior experiences in other, what we call other lifetimes? Yeah. There's very few people that we encounter and have anything much to do with in a lifetime that we don't already know in spirit. We are already, we already have an ongoing relationship. And so even from day one, you arrive as a being into a baby body and uh, fairly early on you might recognize oh it could be the nanny it could be the nurse or the doctor it could be the minister baptizing you it could be oh of course parents and siblings ah you've known them (laughs) this is the one i i like to say Oh, yes, reincarnation on this level is like, oh, no, it's deja you all over again. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, I've had trouble with you before, and, oh, God, I have to deal with you again in a different different body. But, you know, it's it's the same being, the same karmic cycle, like Raphael is saying. And so when that happens, you got to recognize that and go, oh, yeah, why is it that just upon, from the first moment I set eyes on this particular person, let's say if that's a brother or sister of yours, I just could, I just didn't want to be, have anything to do with that person. <laughs> you see it in, in little babies, you know, they're just cooing and smiling and just delightful and everything in someone's arms and then that person says oh here you want to hold the baby and hands the baby over to somebody else and the baby just screams bloody murder (laughs) well a lot of different things can cause that but one of those things can also be oh yeah the baby record the soul recognizes who the soul of this other person is even though in this life they're meeting for the very very first time so when when the and of course the soul that's in the baby body is a lot closer to their spiritual information awareness so they they haven't been trained and programmed to to forget it all and to stop being aware of it in favor of survival and so that soul is recognizing oh yeah oh 
Just last lifetime, you're the one who killed me. <laughs> All the way to, oh, yeah, uh, you're my uncle this time, but, you know, two lifetimes ago, you were my really uh, dominant older brother and you you controlled every part of my life and you made my life miserable <laughs> well guess what the end all of karma is forgiveness and so so anytime uh you bump into that you know why why am i reacting this to this person who who i don't really even know that much this way Ah, yeah. What's important is not about that other person, but it's about your reaction and and just starting to let that go. Resist, don't resist it, and just start to forgive yourself for feeling that way and forgive the other person of anything you blame that other person for. And on a karmic level, you'll you'll recognize it as there's no reason to, but you start to immediately blame the other person for whatever's going on, and you go, why am I doing that? And, oh, yeah, that's from another lifetime. If you forgive that blame of from that person, ah, you're free. Well, we're coming up upon our second break, and we wanted to invite you to join us for our next teleclass in our You Might Be More Psychic Than You Think teleclass series, Saturday, February 5th. Just a few weeks down the road from 10 a.m. to noon Pacific time. This class will be on rich man, poor man, beggar man, thief. Energy work to set up your wealth. You'll learn how to do psychic energy work to help you prosper in your life. And these workshops are very, very uh, powerful. For all details and to sign up, go to our February events calendar section at michaeltamora.com. M-I-C-H-A-E-L-T-A-M as in Mary, U-R-A dot com or call our office and speak with our wonderful assistant, Noel at 530-926-2650 during normal business hours, specific time, Monday to Friday, or leave a message. In just a bit, we'll continue with Sibling Rivalry and Your Spiritual Growth. We'll be right back. us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. Find out more about everything that they offer at MichaelTamura.com. And be sure to sign up for their free monthly newsletter. The best book ever. Transformational. Incredible information. One of the best books I've ever read. Inspirational. A must read for anyone interested in accomplishing their purpose. That's what readers around the world are saying about You Are the Answer. The award winning book by Michael J. Tamora, beloved spiritual teacher and clairvoyant visionary. Order your copy now at Amazon.com. If you love Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora, you'll love their teleclasses, seminars, and retreats. Check out their upcoming events at michaeltamora.com forward slash events. 
It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. It's good to have you back with us. We've been exploring a a fascinating uh, topic and perhaps an unusual one to discuss sibling rivalry, and your spiritual growth. And it's also going to competition. So we'll continue. Well, the subject of competition was always kind of a hot topic for me because of the way I grew up. And so when I was going through my spiritual training and the subject of competition came up and one of the things our teachers taught was um, competition is destructive And that resonated so true with me. If you compete with someone, there's a destructive energy that's going to tear down uh, some aspects of that relationship with that person. So I was decided I would pay attention to, do I compete? Like, I didn't like competition in my family, so I thought I was non-competitive. But I decided to pay attention to my own competition. And one of the things at that time that I liked to do was go to the gym. And I went through all the exercise things. And right at the beginning, I jumped on one of those exercycles and I'm exercising away. And I caught myself right after a woman who sat down next to the exercise next to me started to go. I peeked at her screen to see if she was doing better than me. Mm-hmm. And that's when I found out how much unconsciously we are competitive all the time. And, you know, a similar thing happens Uh, In America, you know, we're a young country, and one of the things that uh, it's known for, in a sense, is is, um, the market of competition. You know, we're we're trying to make, we meaning the country is trying to make the best products and, and so on and so forth. And the idea is, on the larger picture, is to produce excellent products and so on and so forth. But... What is lost when that excellence is looked is searched for when it's done in a competitive atmosphere? So in companies, a lot of times people who compete and make the best product will be rewarded with a lot of money and so on and everybody else and validated. And at what cost? Again, there's a, a very big breakdown there amongst the the employees and people that are having to go through such a competition. And, you know, how could we create things that are very good for one another that are not created out of competition and still in full excellence? That's a good question. Yeah. And around the world, in many different arenas, not just in commerce and finances and all that kind of stuff and, and, and sports and entertainment, uh, performance arts, who's the best, you know, and that's what makes it so difficult. When I was growing up and the few times that I was taken to a symphony concert, you know, orchestra uh, type of a performance, it was so uncomfortable even before the music began. 
or especially after before the music began. And I didn't understand why was it so almost painful to be just sit there in this nice theater, uh, you know, comfortable seats and everything, and um, waiting for the music to start. And it took a while before, after the music started, the the symphony started playing, that it started to get better. But even throughout the whole thing. And finally, years and years later, when I start to really look at what's what's what is that ingredient that made it so uncomfortable, even though the music was absolutely stunning. And it was the competition that so many of the musicians were in to be the best, to be perfect, to and, and the training they got, this classical training, especially way back when. It was so rigid and so strict, and only the best of the best got to be the first chair, you know, violinist or whatever, and the prima donna and this and that, the other thing, or a ballet company or anything that that demanded a certain kind of perfection. Ah, well, it's on the one hand, it's what made them so technically proficient that that they don't make mistakes very often and, and they hit the right note every single time and they're on, on key and on rhythm and da-da-da-da. That all contributes to making beautiful music. But if the musicians are in pain <laughs> and from the enormous competition and they're uptight and anxious and everything, even if they play everything perfectly, the energy isn't there. But then I've also been to certain kinds of musical events and concerts where, ah, the musicians were happy and they were relaxed and they were joyous in playing the music and they weren't trying to, to be perfect, to trying to be the best and all that kind of stuff. Ah, it was an absolute healing experience. And this is, this is what happens too in in anything, look at science research, scientific research around the world, how much competition there is to pub be the first one to publish about this finding, this discovery, this invention, whatever. And the first one to do it perfectly, the first one to get it done, blah, blah, blah. And the, the incredible amount of talent and, and, and intelligence and experience is in competition with each other. Whereas if they all got together, they're all interested in the same thing. How much faster and how much more effective and the solutions that the researchers could come up with, how much quicker can they, if they pull all their information instead of being in competition. I mean, this is also portrayed in, in a lot of uh, shows about the, the, what do you call it? The, uh, Information services, uh, <laughs> the secret uh, CIA and FBI and all those kinds of organizations and and the law enforcement being in competition with each other. Who's the who's got the leg up on the other uh, institution? You know, and instead of working together, things would work out. The amazing amount of talent that's around the world, or even just in one locality. If you got everybody together, instead of getting them into competition with each other to see who's the best, oh, 
getting together, working together, amazing things would happen. And they do regularly uh, when people get together that way, get out of competition. But even in something like playing the sports or, or playing music, when the players, like in a symphony concert, the players, even if they were at each other's throats right up to playing when the music starts, once they start to play the music and if each player puts their attention on ah playing the music instead of being in competition with each other or in basically being in competition with themselves to do it the best and the better and all that kind of stuff, then ah there's a team playing the same song and the competition temporarily goes away and the healing happens. So this is true with many people or with an individual. And again, one of the important things to remember about competition is where does it ultimately come from? Competition begins the moment you decide, you look at yourself inwardly, and you decide somehow you're lacking something as you are. Somehow you look at, you see yourself in your own mind, you see yourself as deficient, lacking, not complete. And when you do, you get into competition with yourself because especially when, when you need what it is that you see lacking in yourself. So let's say if you see lacking in yourself, uh, the quality of beauty and and then, oh, only the beautiful people who are considered beautiful get chosen for uh, playing the best parts in, in the dance or in the movie or whatever, or get selected on, on for the pageant or whatever it is. Then you need to have that component that you see lacking in yourself. So you're going to try to make yourself more beautiful to, to, to get there. That's competition with yourself. You're, you're seeing yourself erroneously, incorrectly. And, and from that incorrect assessment of yourself that you're lacking something that you really aren't, then you start to try to produce things. You have to try to do things, be a certain way, act a certain thing way, look a certain way, whatever, in order to fill that gap. But the gap isn't really there. The lack is not really there. So it doesn't matter if it's about beauty, it's about intelligence, it's about speed, it's about you know capability, power, psychic abilities. It doesn't matter what it's about. Huh. It's about whether you see yourself lacking. Once you don't, when you see yourself as you truly are, which is a limitless, eternal spirit beingness. There is nothing lacking. You're fully creative. Then you relax. You're not in competition with yourself. And then you can allow everyone else to be as they are. No matter how they act, what they do, you're going, oh yeah, that's where they're at. No competition. 
then you'll have more effect on them to heal themselves, to change for the better than if you go in competition trying to change them, to try to make them better according to your perception. And of course, anybody who's ever tried that, <laughs> which is pretty much everybody, <laughs> you learn that that never works, does it? <laughs> trying to change somebody for the better. Ah, because that's, you're coming from a kind of a competition. Yeah. So this is, this is the nature of getting yourself out of competition is key to your spiritual growth. In fact, in a sense, we all start off in the most amount of competition. And as we progress on our spiritual path, we begin to drop some of that competition. We start to realize, you know, I'm not as bad as I thought I was. You know, I'm, I, I don't have to be perfect. And, and little by little, we start to realize, oh, yeah, those are not true. Those, those intents and intentions and, and intensity that I've had my, toward myself aren't true. When we drop it, we start to get out of competition and we grow spiritually. Yes, we stop <clears throat> bouncing it off of other people to prove who we are or something like that. So, yes. Well, once again, we're at the end of our show. We're grateful that you could join us today and hope that our show offers you much to reflect upon in your life as well as give you some healing tools for yourself. Be sure to join us next Wednesday for our last episode for this season of our show, for our show that's been on the theme of your spiritual path, psychic life, and your family. We'll exp- you're learning that your family is also all of human- humanity, right? <laughs> we'll explore a whole different aspect of family life by addressing what your soul family is next week. Most people know what makes up their biological family, which changes with every incarnation, but there's a much larger family that you've been a part of for a very long time. Tune in to find out more about it. Remember, too, you can si- still sign up for Michael's Zoom class in English with immediate translation into German happening tomorrow, Thursday, January 20th. The title is Having Neutrality, Transforming Your Ego Reactions into Creative Spiritual Responses. You can go to michaeltamura.com in our January events calendar for information in English and a direct link to the imlicht.ch webpage for details in German and to sign up. Until then, be inspired Use your imagination and follow your intuition joyfully. This is Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. We'll see you next week. We appreciate your joining us today. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura can be heard live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again next week, remember to wake up to who you are. It's your purpose here on Earth.